T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hello, hello, I am Dan Day on a feel-good Friday. Oh yeah, gonna make you feel good as you wave on in to the weekend. Oh, it always feels good. Gonna make it a little extra special on the way with some reggae music to get you saying Irie and feeling good on a feel-good Friday and heading into that beautiful, beautiful weekend. Whether it's sunny outside or not, it's going to be beautiful because it is a weekend. Also, I got a surprise for you. Oh, what a great and interesting surprise it shall be. Also, some of the Joe Rose Show talking about what is and what could possibly be when it comes to college football with Brett McMurphy. Dan Lebetard Show asks, do you know the Griswolds? Do you know the vacation movies? Then Hawk and Dono get the Masvidal mania started. Right now, let's get these headlines going. The Big Ten will go to a conference-only fall slate. The football programs will play 10 conference games. Thus, the Canes versus Michigan State September 26th has been canceled. Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman have made weight for their fight tomorrow. Both were under or at 170 pounds. Panthers senior VP of Hockey Operations Chris Pronger is leaving the organization. He will begin a travel agency with his wife. With Nashville dropping out of the MLS's back tournament, Inter-Miami's schedule has changed. They next play Philly Tuesday at 10.30 p.m., then Monday, July 20th at 9 a.m. against NYCFC. Court filings claim that Zion Williamson's stepfather solicited and accepted a $400,000 bribe from a marketing agent leading up to the then-prep star signing with Duke. Wimbledon will pay all players who qualified for their now-canceled tennis tournament. 256 individuals will take a share of 10 million euros. And now, after a long week, you know you gotta do it. You gotta step into the day spa. Ah, an Arizona man has broken a world record by stacking 485 Jenga blocks into a tower. He must not have been playing at a brewery like I usually do. A woman in Portugal claims her wedding day was ruined by her future mother-in-law after she showed up drunk, started hitting on people in the wedding party, then requested to try on the wedding dress. Great start to a mother and daughter-in-law relationship. Sprinter Noah Lyles believed he had topped Usain Bolt's record time in the 200-meter race, only to find out he actually only ran 185 meters. If you can't beat him, cheat him. 
Now on the weather. Tonight's forecast has a chance of rain with temperatures in the low 80s. Still have that surprise on the way for you. I don't know if it's a good surprise or a bad surprise. It's going to be a surprise nonetheless. Whew, college football season. It seems like every day you wake up and you hear, surprise! So this morning you woke up and turned on the Joe Rose Show. No surprise there. He's been on the radio here in Miami for about 30 years, and he ain't going anywhere anytime soon. So Joe Rose, Zach Krantz, Hollywood, they caught up with NCAA football expert Brett McMurphy about the Big Ten's decision and the ramifications that will follow. Also, will the Silsen move back, 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 way back gone? Also, are small schools programs destined to be crushed and Notre Dame to the ACC? We're doing great, man, and uh, it, it was time to have you on, man. I'm sorry, but we had to get right into this as soon as the uh, Big Ten Conference made their decision. I was a little surprised from this standpoint, and I don't know about you, Brett. We talked to Blake James a few days earlier, and I know you've talked to Blake as well. He thought all the Power Five conferences might make a joint decision on something like this, unless I misunderstood what he was saying. Did that surprise you? Did you think they might all be together on this decision? Uh, yes, I did, and it, it surprised. I talked to people from all the, the different Power League and from some of the Group of Five leagues as well yesterday, and a lot of them knew that this was the direction that the Big Ten was going. They had the understanding that they the Big Ten would not announce it until next week. And so I think there was probably some hope that, that maybe there could be a concerted effort on everyone for announcement to come out and say, this is what we're going to do. And so by the it's, it caught a lot of people off guard that the Big Ten announced it yesterday. And by doing this, what it does is that, you know, everyone talked about, well, the Ivy League going to the spring, that, that's going to be a huge domino and everyone would follow suit. That, that has absolutely nothing to do with the FBS. The decision by the Big Ten yesterday, that's the giant domino because now you are not going to see any Power 5 leagues play 12 games. It's that simple. They're going to be conference-only formats or they're going to be conference-only with a plus-one non-conference from another Power 5 league, and that's what these other other Power Leagues are trying to determine right now because, you know, we don't know yet how many games the Big Ten's going to play. Are they going to play nine, play ten? Maybe they drop it down to eight. Who knows? They don't even know yet. I reached out to some ADs last night. But then when you get into the competitive or advantage or disadvantage for all the other Power 5 leagues, boils down to when the college football playoff committee is evaluating these schools, hopefully they'll be able to do that and have a college football playoff. They will be taking into consideration how many games they play, and some teams may be playing eight. Some conferences playing eight, others may play nine, others may play ten, so I'm sure that's going into it as well. And also the TV inventory. How much is it worth to a league if you're playing eight games compared to if you're playing ten? All of these are some of the things they're trying to consider and, and trying to figure out before they figure out what, what model they're going to go with going forward. But the one thing we do know is nobody in the Power 5 leagues are going to play 12 games. Absolutely not. So how many they end up with, we'll have to wait and see. They all forced now to play conference-only schedule, all five of them, or, or not necessarily? They aren't forced, but they're they're getting boxed in because you're taking the Big Ten out of the mix. And while the Power Five leagues have not said it publicly or maybe this bluntly, they do not want to play the Group of Five in the non-conference. And it has nothing to do with level of competition. It has everything to do with testing guidelines and safety precautions. They don't want to play a school that may not have the same testing capability or safety guidelines is a Power 5 school. If the Group of 5 school can't afford testing as frequently as the Power 5 
five schools. If you're testing your guys, let's say, twice a week or whatever the number is, and the team that you're going to play can only do half as much testing, then your testing is worthless because now you're putting them in, in potential safety issues. And so that's why they just want to play Power 5 schools in a non-conference. But with the Big Ten out of the mix, now you're losing the number of available teams that you can play. And then the unique situation with the ACC and Notre Dame, it, it makes it real difficult for these guys to play uh, play a lot of non-conference games. You still have the traditional non-conference rivalry games in the ACC-SEC with Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina, Carolina and Louisville, Kentucky. They certainly want to keep those games, but how does that impact the rest of the league? Where does the rest of the league find in a non-conference game? That's some of the myriad of, of challenges and questions that, that they're all trying to figure out right now. And You ask a great question, and as soon as I answer it, I have like 10 more questions for myself. So imagine what these guys are going through right now, trying to figure out all the different parameters of it. I wonder if the other conference, uh, if the other conferences are kind of upset, the Big Ten at this point, for just putting this out there with without maybe any discussion with the other athletic directors and the other conferences. Is, is it more of a because just Big Ten want to do their own thing? Like, did they not care about the other conferences, what they're doing? Do, do any of the conferences really care about the other conferences, what they do? Bingo, you nailed it. Um, it's not that they don't care what the other con- about the other conferences, but look, their prior- number one priority is, if you're Greg Sankey, is the SEC and what's best right. for the SEC. And for John Swafford, what's best for the ACC. That doesn't mean you don't care about the other league, but certainly you're not going to do something that would be a detriment to your league to make it better for the other league. But still, that's why the Power Five commissioners and the Power Five leagues were hoping to come out with a you know announcement of this is what we're all going to do kind of together for the good of college football. And now that's out the window. Why the Big Ten opted to come out yesterday? I don't know. Um, are the other leagues you know, pissed off about it? Absolutely. They're not going to say it publicly, but yeah, it, it, it puts these other guys in a bind now, and we'll just have to see what they make of it. Does the season move back? Can you see it moving back to October? Maybe something like that? W- would that surprise you? Uh, it would surprise me if it didn't move back. Um, okay. Yeah, I did a survey of all the 130 of the, the FBS athletic directors, and, and uh, nearly 75%, three-fourths of them, told me they think the season will be delayed. I think it's probably more towards late September. I think they'd prefer not to wait until October. But again, the, the virus is going to dictate this. The huge spikes across the country. You've seen a number of teams that have paused their, their workouts right now. Ohio State, North Carolina, Kansas. It's all over the place. So I'd be more surprised if it started on time than if it got delayed. Um, but they do want to play when they can, as soon as they can, as far as the health and safety of the the student athletes will not be compromised. But when that date is, you know, they don't know yet. All I know is today is 50 days until the schedule started college football on August uh, 29th. But I don't know. Uh, I don't think we're going to be kicking off any any games that weekend in August now. Hey, Brett, uh, I also want to ask you one we've been having some fun with today because we, we have a big population of Florida fans down here and Miami fans. So who's going to pick up the Cle- Clemsons and Alabamas when they go, hey, you got to add a couple of conference games. You got to play Bama, Texas A&M, or Auburn, Florida, maybe two of them. And uh, Miami, you get Duke and Notre Dame. Good or bad, or how do they decide who gets the tougher people in the conference? It's kind of similar when they do that with the with basketball when they do the conference uh, challenges and the 
the conferences pair those games up. So, look, Clemson is already locked in with South Carolina, so they won't have to add an additional one. I mean, Florida's got Florida State. I don't know who Miami would end up with, but I'm sure that they would give them their input on who they wanted. And But ultimately, if the SEC and ACC decided to, to do something like that, the conference ultimately would do it. And certainly, they would look at it, I'm sure both leagues would, is what opponent would best help those schools possibly for a, for a playoff shot if they do think their schools are capable of getting to the playoff or if they think they're just going to be struggling to, to get to 500, they would probably pair them up with somebody that's you know, at least on paper a, a decent matchup. Brett, the uh, schools in the beginning of a lot of these team schedules that are really taking those games knowing they're probably going there to get slaughtered by a team like an Alabama or a Clemson or whatever team it is, but they're getting a million dollar check, million and a half dollar check. How much is this going to really crush those schools, even if there is a football season, which we're all obviously thinking there is going to be, but the small, small schools that are going there just for the checks, how much is this going to crush their sports department? Well, it's huge, and uh, Bowling Green's athletic director discussed this yesterday, and he said, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg, like what the Big Ten did. Those schools, they're losing million-dollar paydays, and a lot of these, these smaller schools, that is critical for their, their athletic departments, and you've seen a number of group of five schools that have already cut a number of, of their Olympic sports programs, and that's just based on not playing the NCAA basketball tournament and some of the projections of the impact of COVID. That does not include the impact impact of what they're not going to get on the college football side. So it's it's going to be drastic. You know, I do know everybody wants to get the season in somehow, some way, whether it's in fall, whether it's in spring, whether it's conference only, whatever format, because some revenue is better than none. Because if we don't play any college football at all, one AD summed it up to me best. He goes, look, if we don't have any football at all, we're all bleep. And I think you could see some of the smaller group of five schools literally drop football overnight if, if that happens. Wow. Oh, man. Hey, hey, Brett, did you? I didn't catch this. Did you say the Florida State Florida game that's off for sure, or could that still be played? No, uh, that hasn't been determined. But the, the challenge is, you know, if the SEC is only, only going to play eight conference games, or if they're going to play eight conference games plus a non-conference game. Certainly, if they're going to play eight conference plus a non-conference game, then yeah, Florida Florida State gets played again. But that depends on the ACC. Is the ACC going to play only eight games? Or are they going to play eight conference? Plus plus one non-conference. Right. You could potentially see, I mean, this is going to be a cra- season like any other we've seen in our lifetime. You could see conferences say, you know what, we are going to play eight conference games, and our conference members, it's up to them if they want to go find another non-conference game. So certainly if that's the case, I think both Florida and Florida State would say, yeah, we, we want to play. So you could have teams within the same conference playing a different number of games. There's a million different scenarios, yeah. and it, wow. you can't just say, well, this is we haven't done it this way before. That doesn't matter. This is an unprecedented season, and you're going to see it, I think, by the end of the year. If we get through the year, you'll see a lot of teams that play different number of games. You know what's so funny, Brett? We expected this out of the uh, SEC, not the Big Ten. Right. I thought the SEC was going to be the one that said, we'll do it our way. You do what you want. Uh, I had the wrong conference there. What about you? <laughs> yeah, and I think part of it is, you know, the SEC right or wrong, they know that's the perception, and I think that's why the 
that a lot of the Power Five leagues wanted to work together. Because I know a common drumbeat is, oh, we need a commissioner for college football. We need someone that, that kind of oversees this so we all work together. So they wanted to kind of show people, hey, look, we can work together. We can get this done. But then, lo and behold, the Big Ten comes out and, and does this. And it pissed a lot of people off. No no doubt about it. Brent, I got to ask you this. I know that Notre, I know that John Swafford basically told you guys at Stadium that if uh, Notre Dame needed assistance in scheduling – uh, they were going to help out. The ACC was going to help out with that. Wouldn't this be a perfect time for John Swafford to go to Notre Dame and say, listen, you need our help. Just join the ACC football. Just be our, you know, like this is, I know it sounds like a little bit of blackmail, but like you need games, you need help. We've always wanted you to be an ACC football. I know you do all the other sports, but wouldn't this be a perfect opportunity for Swafford and the ACC to kind of hold them a little bit hostage and say, you want games, just join us full time? No, absolutely. It would be the perfect time, but you know, it's kind of a kind of it straddled the line there. They're already a member in every sport, plus except for football. Um, they do have an, a contractual agreement that if they do join a league in football, it will be the ACC. So certainly, you know, how would it be viewed? Because look, everything gets out. How would it be viewed if the ACC basically put the COVID gun to their head and said, right, right. you know, look, <laughs> unless you join, you know, you're not getting any games in 20. 2020 and you're going to have to play home and homes against New Mexico State because that's the only teams that need games. I mean, that would not make make the ACC look good. I know I understand your thinking, but I certainly I'm, and it'd make a great story. I don't think they would be that blunt. Now, they may subtly tell Notre Dame, hey, look, you know, here's the benefits of being in a conference and I'm sure they've heard that, but again, it's Notre Dame's beast of its own and it, it's going to take something, uh, you know, I don't think they'll ever join a conference, but maybe this, you know, starts the momentum for them for them to do that if they do play all ACC teams this year and they kind of get an idea of what's that like. Maybe that makes them we're open to doing it down the road. And maybe the way the ACC doesn't blackmail them may be a bigger, uh, bigger motivator for Notre Dame to say, hey, look, these guys treated us well. We were in a bind. We had right. no games. And look what they did for us. Let's strongly consider doing this down the road. Yeah. Oh, extremely maybe. petty take by me, Brett. It was a petty take by me, but I just thought... No, it, was, it wasn't, because I've had people ask me the same thing. It makes <laughs> sense, but it, again, they're, they're kind of all... It's, it's kind of like blackmailing your brother. They are kind of part of the family. They are not just total strangers, so you got, you, know, you want to be careful on how you deal with them. Well, Notre, uh, Notre Dame's got that nice NBC. That's Joe Rose and Zach Krantz, along with Brett McMurphy. So many questions surrounding the college football season. It's uh, it's getting pretty crazy for college football fans. Obviously, we hope all of you are staying safe. And if you're thinking right now, you're driving your car, you're thinking, hey, that's not Dan Day. You're right, Dan Day, he's off with Alex Dono. They're going to Hard Rock Stadium. They're out uh, on their way right now. So Dan Day had to book quickly. And uh, you get Solana. Solana filling in for Dan Day on the best of the Joe. Now, that was Joe and Zach. But coming up next... You're going to get some of this. Do you think black folks in America are familiar with the Griswold? Yes or no? That's Clinton Yates. He was filling in for Dan and Stu today. Uh, you can hear Dan and Stu every day at the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gotts here on 560 The Joe. It's the day today that Clinton Yates realized there's two Americas. A really funny segment. Clinton Yates and Jen Leda filling in for Dan and Stu Gotts. That's coming up next here I'm Best of the Joe.
What's up, everybody? You're listening to the best of the Joe. Now, you're used to listening to Dan Day host Best of the Joe, 6 to 7, every weekday here on 560. The Joe, Dan Day, he had to uh, he had to get out of here pretty quickly. He's on his way to watch Back to the Future with Alex Dono, a voice you hear often here on 560. The Joe has been filling in for Hawk and or for filling in for Crowder, I should say, on the Hawk and Crowder show the past couple of weeks. Now, from what I understand, Dan Day told me it's Reggae Fridays on 560 or best of the Joe on 560 the Joe every Friday. So this is The Harder They Come by Jimmy Cliff. Can't go wrong with a little reggae to start off your weekend. I'm, I'm just uh, I'm glancing over at Dan Day's notes. So I jumped over from our sister station, 7-9 of the Ticket Studio. I'm in here filling in for Dan looking at some of his notes, and I love the day spa when Dan Day jumped into the day spa. And the first story, which I'm sure he read earlier, an Arizona man broke a world record by stacking 485 Jenga blocks into a tower. That that just doesn't even seem possible. 485 Jenga blocks. That would, in, in a common household, that would have to be taller than a roof. I'm thinking, right? 485. That is insane. Dan Day makes the joke. He must not have been playing it at a brewery like I do. Bro, Dan Dave, you're listening right now with Alex Dono. There is no way you would beat me in Drunken Jenga. I'm, I'm saying it right now. I'm calling you out, Dan Dave. There's no way you would beat me in Drunken Jenga. Now, as we move on here on Best of the Joe, we heard Joe Rose and Zach Krantz last segment with Brett McMurphy talking about the college football season. And I know Clinton Yates and Jen Leda, they were in for Dan Levitard and Stu Gotts today. I know they were talking a lot about the college football season. I heard Pablo Torre on with them earlier today. And and basically, so many questions surrounding the ACC as well. Are they going to play a conference schedule only? Is Notre Dame going to have to play a, a football a football season in the, the ACC? I mean, just so many questions. And um, that was spoken about a lot between Clinton Yates and Jen Leda, but what you're going to hear right now has nothing to do with college football because the bigger story today on the Dan Lebetard show with Stu Gotts was that Clinton Yates had no idea who the Griswolds were and he had never seen the movie The Griswolds. So he found out there's two Americas. Those of you who grew up watching The Griswolds and those of you who didn't. And uh, he turned it into a black and white thing. Now, I'm not black. I had never heard of The Griswolds either. And I know that that might sound insane, but... It's the truth. So here's Clinton Yates, Jen Leda filling in for Dan Levitard and Stu Gotts. This is the best of the show. Do you think black folks in America are familiar with the Griswold? Yes or no? I don't know who that is. Sorry. I'm a brother from D.C. that grew up in the 80s and 90s with two black parents. There's a lot of pop culture stuff that I'm just kind of like, yeah, we didn't do that. I ain't never watched Friends. I ain't never seen Ferris Bueller all the way through. Don't plan on it. Ain't never seen Titanic either. Sorry. Who are the Griswold? I'm I'm struggling here to find words to respond to this unbelievably crazy stance. You know who the Griswolds are. Even if you haven't seen the movie, you know who Clark Griswold is. This is Christmas music? What is, I mean, what what's happening? No, here? no, 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 no. I, I listen, Clinton. You and I have done some work together. I find you to be an honorable. <laughs> Jen I find is you to judging be an me right now. That's what's person. happening. I think that you are lying to me Who and to our listeners. Who are the Griswolds? Is this a television program? Is this a movie? 
Is this something? Is this a, is this a, a song? No, man. I, I can't even with you right now. I Who are I these people? I don't, I, again, I, I've heard a lot of things in my lifetime. I'm almost 40 years old. But this is the most absurd thing I have ever okay. heard. You know what? I have a very simple question to ask all of you all, which will determine whether or not I'm making any sense. Are there any black people in whatever this production is where the Griswolds are present? Oh, look at all the long thinking faces. <laughs> Nobody my, seems to know. This is my thinking Weird. face. It's up, you know, where you throw your eyes up to the left corner of your of your eyes. Your eyeballs go up to the left corner because you're trying to, like, cycle through all the scenes. And, and now that you mention it, Clinton. Thank you. I'm having a tough time finding a black person. Diversify your newsrooms and diversify in, your content in the Griswolds, and they have several movies. To be fair, it's not just the one. It's oh, series so of movies. Okay, all right, okay. We, we're we're building here. All right, so we're giving you little little snippets, little hints. Several movies with none of us. Apparently, I am familiar with this. Simply did not know the name of the family, nor have I seen the movies, nor were we able to name either a black actor or character in the film. As in the name of the character, but Twitter has helped us. Somebody hit me up and said, the police chief is black. Now, everybody in the shipping container and Jed, one at a time, take a guess, unless Billy cheated, as to what the name of that character, never mind actor, is. Chris Cody, you first, please. Don't be waving your hands at me, brother. We need a guess. <laughs> what? I didn't hear you. Sorry. Go Say it again. Oh, he's I bailing. prefer not to play the game, the, the game wow. of guessing what his name is. I, I feel like wow. that's just a, a lose-lose situation for me. Okay. I'll, t- I'll guess for you. We'll just say Jerome. Billy, what's your guess? I know the answer. I looked it up. When okay, I, we'll I, was trying to search, I was trying to help you out, so I don't want to say. We'll skip Billy. Anthony, what's your guess? No idea. Okay. Jen, your guess. Ronald. The only, reason I, the guess? only reason I said that is because it's my grandpa's name, so I was like, hmm. What's okay. a good name? Strong right. name, good name, police chief type of name. Ronald, reasonably old generational black name. That, 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 that tracks. Billy, what is the name of apparently the lone brother in this entire movie series? I believe his name was Grover. Grover? Yeah. First name? It just says Grover, which is odd because if he's a police chief, you'd think it would be like Chief Grover or Chief whatever Grover's last name is. But I just saw Grover. Okay. That was extremely disappointing. Grover is like a kid's pet name. I didn't or, name for a grown man or a very famous blue character from Sesame Street. Tremendous Muppet character overall. I know who Grover is. That I do know, like the blue dude. But I say all this to point this out. And this is kind of being for real. In 2020, when we're talking about representation and we're talking about who goes where and we're talking about diversifying this and that, understand there's a whole lot of stuff out there. Might have been mainstream to a lot of people that folks like me just don't know about. We weren't a part of it, either be it marketing or be it inclusion in the stories. And it's cool. I'm just saying. That's why I don't know who the Griswolds are. Because in the 80s and 90s, I wasn't watching those movies with my parents. So that's really interesting to me because yesterday on Twitter, I saw a list that said these 50 movies have the most number of IMDb user votes. It's a good working list of the 50 most common movies that people have seen. If I rattle off this list, you think you've seen most of them? Really? Well, well, let's go. Let's do it. All right. All right. So, so somebody keep a tally for me, all right? Shawshank all right. Redemption. Yes. Dark Knight. Yeah. I fell asleep in the movie theater. Inception. Uh, did not get through that either. Can we get a ruling, guys? Just falling asleep in the movie theater count as seeing the movie? Uh, sort of. I don't remember anything from it. I got one thumbs up. I got one shake of the finger. I, so I got a shrug, an emoji <laughs> shrug. Um, all right. What else we got? Uh, Fight Club. Seen that. Love that. Pulp Fiction. 
Absolutely great movie. Forrest After Gump. After I moved to L.A. Forrest Gump is a great film as well. I used to fall asleep to it in college and have that song playing on the DVD menu constantly when I woke up. Oh, and everybody knows what song you're talking about, I think. Everybody knows. Everybody had the Forrest Gump soundtrack when I was a kid. 1994. Right. All right, look, I okay. got a long list of 50 here. I think we should come back to it after the break. That's fine by me. So far, you're doing pretty well. People get through life not knowing a lot of things about a lot of popular stuff because y'all never asked us to be a part of it. So you got to find a way to move on. Your boy's out here watching all sorts of flicks that y'all don't know nothing about. The right? Matrix. Yay or yes, nay. For sure. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Did not make it to the first one. Certainly didn't see any of the others. Me neither. I haven't seen any of the Lord of see? the Rings movies. Okay. I don't feel as bad. Probably. I don't really do woods and wizards, though. Like, I'm a lasers and robots guy when it comes to that. That's All right. Well, look, on that. look, we've got some lasers and robots on the list. All right. Let's go. Godfather. For sure. Read the books, too. Dang. Book. Dark Knight Rises. That's one of the Batman flicks. Yeah. I've seen, I mean, I've seen all of those. Okay, there's another Lord of the Rings, but it's the second nope. one. I'm guessing you didn't see that one. How about nope. Interstellar? Absolutely not. I didn't either. Seven, famous Brad Pitt movie, Gwyneth Paltrow, Head in the Box. I've seen that movie, yes. Django Unchained. I've seen that movie. I hated that movie. Gladiator. Yes, that's a great movie. Are you not entertained? Are you that's not entertained? So good. Batman Begins. Yes. The Avengers. Yes. There's like your robots and, sh- and right? right, that's okay. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, of course. Inglorious Bastards. No. Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope? Yes. A person fighting lightsabers on television on this network with, a, with another guy with my last name was me. That, so I'm that was the first Star one, right? Because it says 1977. That was the first yes. Star Wars? Episode 4, yeah. Correct, yes. Saving Private Ryan. I didn't see that movie in the movie theater. That's for sure. Did you see it at all? Uh, I've seen it. Like My dad likes that movie. I've watched it a couple times with him. Schindler's List. Yes, I saw that movie and I watched it for a class. Yo, I've never seen Schindler's List. I don't know if that like makes me cool, uncool. It's long. Like, it's intense. That's it's intense, yeah. That. The Departed? Yes, I've the seen pres- The Departed. The Prestige. I don't know what The Prestige is. All right, I'm going to start I'm gonna start rolling through these because we've only yeah, hit 25 and we are kind of like slow. No, we ain't got to do them all. We can bang until 35 right, right now. Let's get to Wolf of Wall right Street. No. Star Wars Episode 5. Yes. Green Mile. No. Avatar. Yes, and I laughed all throughout the movie because it was garbage. (laughs) Hashtag Disney. Memento. No. The Godfather Part 2. Yes. Shutter Island. Never heard of it. American Beauty. Oh, that's a Leo movie, Shutter Island. American Beauty, I believe I've seen, is Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we knew that Kevin Spacey was a wackadoodle, but was probably he a, a pedophile. In the movie too, a little bit of a creep stick, a little bit, yeah. Okay, right? like suburban film. dad coming to film, grips yes. with, yeah, coming to grips with like the routine of his life. Blah blah blah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. All right, I'm gonna rip through these. Titanic. No. Back to the Future. Yes. American History X. Yes. V for Vendetta. No. Leon the Professional. Never heard of it. Never even oh, heard the of professional, it. Wait, the professional like with I the French movie? No, I don't know. I don't Moving know. right along. It's all good. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. I think. There's like 10 of those, right? <laughs> yeah, I think like six. I don't know. I've seen parts of four. Maybe four. Guess, when they're on TV. Goodfellas. Yes. Kill Bill Volume 1. Yes. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yes, but hold on. Let's stop here. Cody, I need your help here because these are all like super popular movies that are from the last 20 years. Yeah, but that's the point, right? They're trying to say like... I'm almost 40 like you, Jen. The previous 20 years are the issue here. When did National Lampoons, when did the Griswolds run around America? 83. That's way early. But but Back to the Future is 85. Sure. Godfather's 74. Star Wars is 80. Even good? 
Like, is there a reason why I, mean, I should yeah, be this concerned of, about they're this? They're kind of cult classics. But again, if they're not your bag, if they're not your jam, I'm not saying go watch them. You have to. Like, okay, I so wouldn't put them this. on this list. Like, this list here, I'm going to I'm gonna say, is like very comprehensive for like movies that most people have seen. Many people. Okay. Although, I will say that in the mentions on this list, somebody comes out and says, most white men, because there's not a lot of female representation in these films either, right? Like, Correct. A lot of women have seen Notting Hill. I don't see Notting Hill on this list. A lot of women have seen Sleepless in Seattle. I don't see sleepless in seattle on this list eat pray love let me check nope not on the list jen you're an eat pray love person i have never seen the movie <laughs> oh okay so hold on hold on, hold on. let me say that the reason why this matters is because i have pulled up a list myself and i would like to know which of these movies you've seen and i'll go quickly number one above the rim yes new jack city no menace to society yes higher learning um, no dead presidents no poetic justice Yes. Posse. No. A low down dirty shame. No. White men can't jump. Yes. Mo money. No. Set it off. No. Life. Yes. That's Juice. Eddie Murphy, right? That's Eddie Murphy. Yes. Juice. No. Jason's lyric. No. Clockers. No. House party. No, I don't think so. Deep cover. Mm. Hoodlum. No. Gridlocked. No. Crooklyn. No, I haven't even heard of some of these. I saw every single movie I just named in the movie theater with either my friends or my family. That's all I'm saying, Cody. You know, Bo talks about two Americas all the time, and that is what I was doing in that time. I wasn't checking for the daggone Griswolds, whoever they are. (laughs) Man, I love Clinton Yates so much more after that segment. I saw most of the movies that he hadn't, by the way, uh, but I know those are all cult classics for so many of you. When you grow up in a different generation, it's just not really, uh, not really what we're into. Um, the the latter part of that list is 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 really more my wheelhouse. Now, coming up next, though, it's something that's definitely in my wheelhouse. Look at me, I'm sounding like Hawk using wheelhouse three times in ten seconds. Um, uh, the Hawk and Crowder show, three to six p.m. weekdays here on five sixty. The Joe. We started off the segment. Alex Dono filling in, talking about this. Solana, you have any interest in buying this pay-per-view tomorrow? Yeah, I already bought it. I did. Masvidal, he's coming up tomorrow, UFC 251. He's going to hopefully look for another victory. Now, Jorge Masvidal went to Arvida Middle School, as did I. So naturally, you can expect me to uh, to be rooting or at least have some sort of rooting interest tomorrow. We're going to get to that next here on Best of the Joe. Solana filling in for Dan Day here on the Best of the Joe Show. Replaying all the best audio you heard on this station in the past 24 hours. Right now, it's the Hawk and Crowder Show. Hear us weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on this very radio station. You hear me alongside Mark Hawkman, Channing Crowder. However, Crowder still out on paternity leave. So you had Alex Dono filling in. And the good part about having Dono this week, he is a huge, huge fight guy he knows everything about the MMA he knows everything about UFC knows everything about boxing and lucky for us Jorge Masvidal Miami's own game bread he is back in the ring tomorrow UFC main event main card 251 we talk about Masvidal with Alex Dono on the Hawk and Crowder show it's what you're gonna hear 
next. And uh, I got to tell you, you're going to hear it right now, but I'm all in on game bread. Udonis Haslam earlier today at Heat practice in the NBA bubble. He said Jorge Masvidal is from Miami, so he's going to get it done. I happen to agree with him. Kendall's own Jorge Masvidal is in the ring tomorrow. You know who I'm going for. Starting to dabble a little bit, you know, into sports. We had the Inter-Miami game, and now tomorrow night, this is a big one. I've been watching all these UFC fight nights because Lee Sterling's been giving us picks, and the fight nights on uh, on ESPN are free, so I've been watching those. I don't normally buy a UFC pay-per-view, but I think I might have to do it for tomorrow night, Dono. This is the one to do it for. Like, honestly, the, the last couple of pay-per-view events, like, they've been fine. But I, I can totally understand, you know, questioning whether you should shell out 65 bucks for one of these pay-per-views. The one tomorrow night, I believe, is fully worth it. Like, it's a great card, and the main event's going to be epic. Masvidal, now, he opened at plus 220, which is a, a fairly big long shot. It's down to plus 180, which means if you bet $100 on Jorge Masvidal and he wins, you win $180. So he's still an underdog, but it means that there's a lot of money coming in on him if he went yeah. from 220 to 180. Can he win? I know you said he had to cut a lot of weight. I think he made the way in, right? He did, yeah, which was a, a little bit surprising because 20 pounds overweight six days ago or five days ago, and he makes weight today. So that, that that's impressive. Uh, he definitely can win. Um, and, and I and I'm not a big gambler, so I know that sometimes you guys will, you know, you, you'll take a little bit of a financial risk on somebody who's getting good odds as an underdog. If you're just asking me straight up who wins the fight, I believe Kamaru Usman wins the fight. But uh, Masvidal, he's a unique opponent because he's got so many... First of all, he's got a lot uh, of toughness and, and cardio and stamina, so he's going to be around for the entire fight. But his striking is lethal and really creative. So he's the type of guy who could be able to catch Kamaru Usman with something wild and knock him out. Like, we've seen Masvidal do it countless times before, so he definitely can win. I'm just... I'm, I'm not expecting him to win like I, I think it'd probably be wisest to expect there's maybe a 65 75 percent chance at least that Kamaru Usman wins that fight right and and obviously Masvidal is a little more up against it he wasn't preparing for this fight this is a last minute decision so like so I don't know enough about Usman Usman is just a better tactical fighter he's an animal like he th there's not really anything he isn't good at like he's got really incredible wrestling he's got really disciplined striking and and heavy hands and he's got good cardio and stamina like yeah, he's not like the greatest fighter of all time, but he, he doesn't really have any weaknesses whatsoever. And I, I think he's kind of like on track to become, you know, like a UFC Hall of Famer type, you know, fighter because he has those characteristics if he keeps winning. So he's really solid. Like there, there's nothing I would look at with Kamaru Usman and say, you know, he's got a clear weakness on the ground or in the stand up. Like he's really solid everywhere. Solana, you have any interest in buying this pay-per-view tomorrow? Yeah, I already bought it. And uh, I will say, I don't know a thing about Kamaru Usman and Dano great analysis about the fight I know you know your stuff about MMA and UFC and boxing okay but here's what I do know game bread is a badass mother bleeper and yep. he's from Kendall so you know what I'm oh. putting the house I'm putting the house <laughs> on Masvidal I'm Take putting down. the house on Masvidal I don't care if he didn't make weight if he made weight I don't care what's happening all I know is tomorrow come midnight Game Bread will beat Kamara Usman. I put the house on Game Bread, as you heard right there on the Hawk and Crowder show again, 3 to 6 p.m. weekdays here on 560.
the Joe. This has been the best of the Joe. Thank you so much to Dan Day for letting me fill in. I hope he and Alex Dono have an amazing time at Hard Rock Stadium watching Back to the Future. Socially distanced, of course. That reminds me, everybody, wear a mask. Don't be silly. Be safe this weekend. Okay, a lot of a lot of COVID cases. So I want everybody to be safe out there. Joe and Zach get you started again right here on 560 The Joe, Monday, 6 a.m. This has been the best of The Joe's Show. Everybody, again, be safe. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com.